All right, let's open with a word of prayer tonight. If you have your bulletin there, make sure you have it ready for notes, some different things that we're going to be doing tonight. Tonight's um, message and our service will be a little different than normal, but we'll explain some of that in just a moment. But if you do <clears throat> have that bulletin, and you can jot a few things down. Uh, you want to note the um, November ladies' meeting is coming up the 16th, and there's some sign-up sheets at the back for that at the Welcome Center, and then there's a short meeting after the morning service this Sunday morning for anybody that can help with setup and uh, some of the food and that kind of thing. And so that's uh, coming up pretty quick as well. And um, I know that the, some of our seniors had cowboy soup or whatever you call it. Did anybody bring a weird vegetable to that? That's If I was invited to that, I would have gotten, I don't know, some sort of the most bizarre vegetable I could find and put it in there, um, canned ghost peppers or something, and <laughs> dump it in there. But uh, hopefully you had a good time there this evening as well. Uh, let's open with a word of prayer tonight, and we'll sing some songs together. And then we're looking at the topic of missions tonight with our uh, study about church essentials. Lord, we are thankful that we can come together and uh, worship you. Uh, you are wonderful, and um, we can't even fathom how, how purely good you are. Uh, we don't understand your ways or even your will, but we trust it, and we thank, we're thankful for it. And we ask that you would give us grace uh, tonight as we study your word and as we hear about this idea or the thought of missions in our own community, around the world, and our part in it. And we will praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand. Amen. Let's stand together and sing. As you're seated tonight, if you would, take your Bible and turn to the book of Romans this evening. Book of Romans and chapter 15. Book of Romans and chapter number 15. And as you find your place there in Romans 15, you can have... Tonight's worksheet out and some things, a few notes there for you. And you see they're a little different tonight. There's a note, missions focus on the other side. And we'll talk to you a little bit about that in just a few minutes. Um, but if you would, find your place there in Romans chapter number 15. And if you would, look down in verse... Number 14, and we'll read down a good portion of the rest of the chapter. But Romans chapter 15 tonight, verse number 14. It says, And I myself, so this is Paul speaking, And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able also to admonish one another. That's a pretty good description of a church. I think uh, it almost sounds like flattery. There's not a lot of times that we as Christians can be described with all of those things. But he says, this group of people, you're full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and you can admonish. And that means you can encourage and lift one another up. It's a healthy church. And notice what his topic to the healthy church is. Verse 15. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God 
that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. I have, therefore, whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ had not wrought by me, to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed, through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about to Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel, not not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see. And they that have not heard shall understand, for which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you. Notice verse 23, But now, having no more place in these parts, and having a great desire these many years to come to you. And then he goes on and He explains where he's going on his journey and how he's going to get to them through Spain, Jerusalem, Macedonia, Cai, and uh, then back toward them. And I want you to look down, if you would, in verse number 29. And I am sure that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, and that my service, which I have for Jerusalem, may, all, may be accepted of the saints, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God, and may with you be refreshed. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Lord, help us tonight as we look to your word and uh, teach it to us. In Jesus' name, amen. For just a few minutes tonight, and again, I mentioned t- tonight's lesson is going to be a little different. I am going to walk through our uh, notes or our outline just very quickly this evening in this passage. But then we're going to watch a video in a few minutes that I hope will be helpful to each of us, kind of on the topic that we were already in. I kind of had a message prepared for this evening on missions, uh, but I I'm just burdened, I think, to share something with you that I think may even just be more helpful. And so if you would, we're just going to mention and walk through these things quickly. I hope this is a study that you can do and expound more on your own. But if you look at verses 14 down through the end of verse 33 that we just read, it feels like you're dropping into somebody else's conversation, doesn't it, when you read it? This is one of those passages that as you look over it, it feels like a housekeeping passage at first, meaning, oh, this is just sort of a bookend to the book of Romans. We're hearing about... It doesn't really pertain to me, but I want you to notice a few things that Paul brings up and that he points out. And in thinking about the the essential nature of missions to the local church and why is missions essential to the local church? Because it is God's command for us. We've talked already about evangelism and discipleship and witnessing uh, and the Great Commission as being essential to the local church, but Remember the pattern that Jesus gave, and he says, first in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the earth. We're not to stay just keeping the gospel localized in one place. 
Even at Jesus' time, when Jesus lived on this earth, there were already millions of people living all scattered throughout the continents all over the world. And Jesus' burden and heart for them, the commission that he gave to the church, was to take the gospel to those people, particularly to those people that had not heard of him. And you would think that after years that uh, we would have some grasp on this uh, particular commission that Christ has given us. Did you know that there's over 2,000 certain uh, describable, distinct people groups in the world that have not heard of the gospel of Jesus Christ? They're what you call unreached people groups. It's estimated that out of the almost 8 billion people in the world, that almost 3 billion of them have never heard the gospel clearly in their native tongue or explained or taught to them in a clear way. That's fairly astounding, isn't it? To think that if you took everyone in this whole world, it's hard for us to imagine how many people a billion people is, but to take everyone in this whole world and line them all up, about one out of every three, one out of every four, one out of every three people have never heard of the gospel of Christ. And that's astounding and it's burdensome, but it is something that we are to look toward with hope and try to accomplish by the Lord's strength. And so I want to point out a couple of things about missions tonight, if you would, in verse number 14 down through verse 16. Notice a few things. Number one, the heart of missions. I, th I think we understand the basics in, in our church and this group of people. I think we understand the basics of how missions works. And I know that there's a lot of nuance to it. In fact, I know people that will not call it missions. They only call it mission because it is a singular mission that Jesus has given us. But I understand why we also call it missions plural because there are many missionaries going to many mission fields. So you take your choice of what you want to call it. It is God's commission to us to reach those that are lost and how Paul phrases it here, those that have not heard of Jesus. And I think that we understand the basics of how today's modern church, how that works in some ways for us. That we give, just like in uh, 2 Corinthians 8, that, that Paul teaches to, to give, or 1 Corinthians 8, to, to give and to contribute. He's talking about taking an offering back and so that they can go on their behalf. We know that we give of our resources so that others may go on our behalf, but there's also... From the local church, there are people that are called into missions. There should be consistently, regularly, out of our churches, there should be people, Christians, that are called to then take the gospel to people that have not heard. But what is the heart of missions? Notice if you would, verse 14 down through verse 16. And I think it's interesting, again, in verse 14, he notes that they are a healthy church. And one of the best ways to accomplish missions is to first be a healthy church but he says that you're full of goodness filled with knowledge able to admonish one another now in a lot of ways that sounds like let's check that off great this church is doing fine but he had something else that he desired from this particular church what was it he says i, I have written more boldly to you why to lay or share his burden because of the grace of god that's given to me because grace has been given to me, notice verse 16, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God. And that interesting how he phrases that. I want to be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. Now, 
in Paul's day, that's going to be primarily, he's referring to the rest of the world outside of the small area of Judea and Galilee that had heard Christ's ministry directly. He's saying to the rest of the world, to the Gentile people, I want to minister. The word minister there means to serve on behalf of. I want to serve people. And how do I want to serve them? I want to serve them by bringing them and giving them the gospel. That is the ultimate and the heart of missions above all else, above any sort of aid or any sort of uh, help or ministry that we can have to anyone on this earth. Giving the gospel is the priority. And there's a variety of ways that that's done, but that's the heart of missions. Notice number two, the goal of missions. Verses 15 down through 17, you see there is taking the gospel to those that are lost. And then verse 17, I have therefore whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. Notice his phrase, I want to be taking the gospel to the Gentiles. Notice the end of verse 16, that offering that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable. What is he talking about there? It sounds almost like he's talking about some sort of human sacrifice or offering. That's not what he's referring to. He says, I want to take the gospel to people that don't have it, people that are lost. In this case, he's calling them the Gentiles. I want to take the gospel to people that are lost so that then people that are lost can be saved and it is an offering to the glory of our God. Notice he goes further than that in verse 17. He says, I have therefore whereof I may glory. Notice through what? Through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. You have a quote there that the primary purpose of God's people is not missions. Our only goal in this world is not just missions and just reaching lost people. The primary goal of God's people first is to worship Him and to worship Him through obedience and submission to Him. But then we take that to others. Notice missions exists because worship doesn't in some places of the world. And we feel burdened that God is worthy, not just of my worship and not just of your worship. He is worthy of the worship of every human being that has ever been created. He is worthy of more glory. And so the goal of missions is to win people for the glory of God. Then notice, if you would, the next few verses, the task of missions, this obedience that he speaks about. Notice, he's saying, For I will not dare, verse 18, to speak of any of those things which Christ had not wrought by me, to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed, through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and round, notice he said, I, he goes <clears throat> all over the world to preach the gospel of Christ. Go back, if you would, verse 18, where he says, I dare not to speak of any of those things which Christ had not wrought by me, to make the Gentiles obedient. Now, again, he's using these interesting phrases. He's, he's, he used this interesting phrase earlier, the offering up of the Gentiles. He's just talking about their worship and their glory. Now he's talking about the obedience of the Gentiles. Does that mean he's going to conquer them? No, he's saying we want to see people become obedient to Christ, become obedient to God. That the goal of missions is not people conforming or becoming like me, but that the goal of missions is to see people worship God and become obedient to his word. So we preach the gospel and teach God's word. That's the primary goal of any of our missionaries. We try, there's a few peripheral type of ministries that we will support as a church that 
help the cause of our efforts as a church, as a local church. There are a few camps that we support and a few organizations that we support that help lift up our gospel ministry and the ministry of others. But we try to keep the primary focus of our mission's goal or our mission's giving to be the people that are going to do those two things. Preach the gospel of God and teach people the word of God. That's the primary task for which they are that which they are to accomplish and that we are to accomplish even in our own lives. And then notice how it's done. Notice the power of missions because it seems like a daunting task, doesn't it? Notice, if you would, notice verse 19, through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God so that from Jerusalem and round about to Illyricum I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. He says by the Spirit of God. He's trusting God's Spirit to change people's lives. And aren't you glad we can trust God and His Holy Spirit? Because there are people around this world that we would think they will never, ever come to know Christ. We're going to hear about some of them in just a moment. There are people that we think that's never going to happen. Well, it's not. By my power, by my influence, by my intelligence, it won't happen. But God has proven throughout thousands of years of His church that His Holy Spirit is overpowering the sins and the sinful souls of men and that he can save anyone. And aren't you glad that we don't send missionaries off without hope in some sort of penance like he just has to do this because it's a task that we have to do or we get in trouble. No, we trust that God is going by his spirit to bring people to himself. And then notice that brings us to the last thing, the partnership of missions, which is the church. The church is how this is accomplished, that we do not set out just on our own, though individuals may go to a mission field, though families, couples may go, that it is through God's church and God's people that these things are accomplished. You see it in verses 22 and 23. He says, I want to come to you. I haven't been able to at this point. How are they going to? He said, so in other words, he's saying, I haven't been present with you. Paul is their missionary, right? He's helping them, ministering to them, but they're also helping him. He says, I haven't been with you in your presence, but how do they team together? Notice in verse number 30. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together, meaning that you work together. How is a church to work together with a missionary? With me in your prayers to God for me that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, and that my service, which I have for Jerusalem, may be accepted of the saints, that I may come to you with, by, with joy by the will of God, and may with you be refreshed. Now the peace of God of peace be with you all. Amen. And he's teaching here that you go on behalf of the church, but that the church helps first by our prayers, and then of course by our support, and then also by refueling the missions work by sending people called from among us. Um, let's pray this evening. And um, it's a little, it's going to say, I've never heard you speak that short. Um, congratulations. You have now. <laughs> but I have a purpose to it. And uh, if you're on watching online with us tonight, our live stream is going to be a little shorter. We're doing some things tonight that we, we're not going to be showing on the live stream. So uh, we're going to pray. And uh, if you're watching online at that point, um, you're going to be dismissed. The rest of you that are in the room, you're trapped. And um, 
Let's have a word of prayer.